It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On MLB Fantasy Minute is presented by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the most fun I've had playing daily fantasy baseball and winning up to 25 times my money. Download the app today and use the code Locked On MLB for a first deposit match up to $100. Exploring my skills on Prize Picks this season adds an extra layer of excitement to daily fantasy sports. With just a few taps, you can transform $10 into $1,000 if you've got the skills. Prize Picks is incredibly user friendly. I can make my selections and submit my entry in less than 60 seconds. As the host of Locked On Fantasy Baseball, here are some rock solid picks. Opt for Shoei Otani to have less than 38.5 home runs this season. Opt for Bobby Miller to have higher than 150.5 strikeouts this season. And for Bryce Harper to have higher than 97.5 ribbies this season. Download the app today and use the code LOCKEDONMLB for first deposit match up to $100. Again, download the app today. Use the code LOCKEDONMLB for first deposit match up to $100. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. It's episode 624 of the Locked On Rangers podcast. On today's show, I'm talking about Martin Perez saying he 300% wants to stay with Rangers past the deadline and what the Rangers should do about that and his future with the Rangers and the rest of this rotation as well. All that and more on this episode of Locked On Rangers. Let's get into it. You are Locked On Rangers. Your daily Texas Rangers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Texas Rangers. I'm Bryce Patrick, a cripplingly addicted Texas Rangers fan since 2010, founder and host for all four seasons of this podcast. It is Wednesday, June 29th. Your Rangers are 36 and 37, half game away from 500. If they can complete the sweep of this Royals team, they will finally, finally get back there. They are alone in second place in the AOS, 10 games behind the Astros of the division, and four games behind the Rays for that third wild card. Thank you all so much for making Locked On Rangers your first listen every day. If you're not already, you can go ahead and follow me on Twitter at Bryce Patrick. You can follow the show at Locked On Rangers. And the best way you can help grow the show is subscribe on YouTube. We are inching closer to that 1,000 subscribers mark by the All-Star break, I think we can get there. We're a little over, a little under 70 away. So every single one of y'all helps at this point. I really appreciate all of y'all following me on there and commenting anything below. Before we get into today's episode and Martin Perez, his impact on the future of this Rangers rotation... This episode is brought to you by the Sports Card Investor app. Welcome to the world of trading cards reimagined. Stay tuned for later in the show for more information about this awesome new tool for collectors. You're going to want to check out the Sports Card Investor app. Now, you may notice I'm talking, we're going pretty much full ASMR on this episode because last episode I could barely get through 20 minutes without having an entire coughing attack. Well, I had several. There are a lot more cut out in editing, um, which was just a huge pain. So we're basically going full ASMR for until my voice heals. So... If you don't like it, I don't like it either. So let's just power through it together. But the most important news coming out of this weekend that I didn't get, wasn't able to get to in yesterday's episode is that Martin Perez wants to stay with the Rangers at least after the deadline. He does not want to be traded at the deadline to some other contender. Or I should probably just say contender because the Rangers are four games out of the wild card and they're still at this point under 500. But this is what he said. Uh, quote, I want to be here and stay here 100%. No, make it 300%. I've been in two other places and nowhere 
have I felt as good as I feel here. Here now, I feel like if I don't do my job on the field one day, I can still do it in the clubhouse. I can help these guys. It's not just about me and my career, but it's about this team. Now, that's a powerful message, and that's something that he is kind of echoing and kind of resounded around him when he decided to come back to the Rangers. He went to two different places. You know, he went to Minnesota, Thad Levine, who I think was one of the guys who he was at least with the Rangers when they scouted him as the Rangers' assistant GM. I don't know that he was necessarily the one that scouted him. I usually assume that AJ Preller was the one that scouted all these different guys with a lot of potential that some of them thrived at the major league level, some of them didn't. But Dad Levine definitely had that eye on there. He knew the capability that Martin Perez had, um, the potential that he had, and he signed him there, I believe, just to a one-year deal. Didn't work out quite as well. He did add a cutter, and that helped him quite a bit, but it just wasn't it wasn't quite home for him. Then he went to Boston for a couple years, and... Now, it seemed all right in Boston, but he lost his spot in the rotation, even though there were guys who were worse than him, I think, in that starting rotation. He ended up being a long man in the pen. Then he got offers from several other places, including San Diego, I believe, offered him a two-year deal. Of course, A.J. Preller tried to get all the former Rangers that he scouted. I mean, side note, it's very depressing to look at the Padres' lineup now and see a lineup of, oh, look, there's there's Jerickson Profar hitting leadoff. Oh, look, there's Jorge Alfaro catching and batting in the middle of the order. Oh, look, and then there's Noah Rosara batting in kind of the, you know, six hole or seven hole. Oh, look at those guys all thriving, and none of them are doing it for the Rangers. That, that's kind of what I imagined this 2022 Rangers lineup to look like about six years ago before all the various issues happened with those different guys um, or traits. Jorge Alfaro had no issues. He was just traded. Anyway, the Perez had these different offers, and as soon as his agent told him that he had to deal with the Rangers, even though it was for one year, $4 million, he said, no, I'm taking it. I want to go back to Texas. I loved it there, and uh, that is my home, and that is where I felt comfortable, and I want to go back there and, you know, be a new version of myself, and so far he has, and you know, his most recent start, it didn't go quite as well as we've been used to seeing him. He's had a couple of blow-up starts. I don't know if this necessarily counts. He did allow four runs in those first two innings, but at that point, the Rangers have taken... He allowed one run in the first, and the Rangers dropped four, a four-bomb in the second inning, and then the Royals tied it back up in, in the bottom of the second with three runs there. But after that, he was absolutely aces, minimal traffic around the bases, did get six strikeouts in six innings, and was able to compose himself and get the Rangers the length they needed, because again, they were coming off of a week when they basically had two bullpen games in a row. This was a Monday game. And, you know, one of the things with Martin Perez in the past is that he would let these bad innings escalate to the point where they would just completely spiral out of control and he would not be able to stay in the game. But this year we've seen it time and time again. Or even when he has those bad innings, even the outing that was his worst of the season by far against the White Sox, he, it did, he did end up going five innings. He allowed seven runs. Six of those were earned. And he did allow his just, uh, I believe, second home run of the season. Yeah, his second home run of the season in that one. But he was able to come back and get the Rangers the length that they needed, which was ended up being crucial because that series had two different games that went to extra innings. I believe the second one, or the third one, I should say, went to 12 innings, I believe it was, that crazy series in Chicago where the Rangers probably should have lost um, at least <laughs> at least two out of those three, but ended up winning two out of three games. Um but he has been a mentor to these guys. We've seen it um, talk with some of the minor league guys who, um, or the minor league writers who are there on the backfields 
seeing him this year, um, seeing him feel comfortable and going to those backfields. He was just a regular there, mentoring these young Rangers prospects. The Venezuelan guys all flocked to him because he's Venezuelan and he came from the Ranger system. So he kind of knows a little bit of, of what they're going through and the challenges they face and um, some of the things that they know how to deal with. And he just loved being a mentor to those guys on the backfields, the prospects. Um, now it seems like he's taking a role, uh, thriving in this role of veteran, leading the guys in the clubhouse at the big league level, showing them what it takes to be a major league pitcher because he's been in the big leagues for 10 years, so he knows what the heck he's doing. I believe his last start, or maybe it was it was yesterday, was the 10-year anniversary of his big league debut, which is pretty darn cool. But yeah, this is the 11th season in the big leagues. He knows what he's doing, and he loves it here, and you cannot, you cannot value that enough. Guys who want to be here... Granted, there are some other options in free agency, and there are some guys that are that have some potential. But at, at, at this point, not a whole lot of guys in the farm system. I'd say, um, I'd say Owen White and Jack Leiter at this point, maybe Cole Wynn, depending on how things shake out for the rest of the season. But those are the only two really guys who have like a ceiling higher than what Martin Perez is doing right now. And even then, like Mar- what Martin Perez is doing right now, I don't know that he's going to sustain his sub-250 ERA for the rest of the season. It's been a little bit rougher for him in the month of June, but he still has a sub-4 ERA, even with those two huge, huge blow-up starts, one really huge and one pretty medium-sized blow-up start. He's still, outside of those starts, been really darn good. His expected numbers are still really good. Now, I'm going to put a pin in this and look at what this rotation will look like next year and how he fits into it and why it's important to keep him around. First, today's episode is brought to you by the Sports Card Investor app. Welcome to the card world of sports cards reimagined. The Sports Card Investor app is the hobby's most powerful resource. Quickly check the value of your favorite cards, find great deals, and profit from the hobby you love. Available completely free in the Google Play and Apple Play Apple App Store. The Sports Card Investor app is a must-have for all of these different baseball fans. It's completely free. You can browse over 630,000 cards from every single sport with hundreds more added each week. Check the latest values of your favorite cards with 7-day or 30-day charts. Find the best prices and buy directly through the app with our eBay deals feature. Whether you're a casual fan or a collector, Looking for excitement and alternative investment opportunities, the free Sports Card Investor app has something for you. They've got breakout stars. You know, you can look for a card for Dolce Garcia, who two years ago probably didn't even have a card. Um, people didn't know who he was, and now he is absolutely tearing it up. And uh, you could go get that card there. You could get a Martin Perez card. You can get him with the Rangers being back with the Rangers card. Um, and he his card, I'm sure, is definitely uh, that price is going through the roof with how great he has been doing. So you can go check out that. Go download the Sports Card Investor app today. It's available for free in the Google Play or Apple App Stores. Go to sports, sportscardinvestor.com slash locked on. Now, I talked about how important it is to have this guy in your rotation and how there are some guys on the horizon that could get there. But if you sign him to, I believe, a three-year deal, like that that might be what he's planning in that season. And, you know, if he can ends up doing this well and ends up being a top-five Cy Young finisher and you have to end up giving half to <laughs> if he ends up commanding a five-year deal then like he's still gonna be 36 at the end of that deal and left-handers usually these guys they can they can pitch they find their renaissance in their like 30s or whatever and it's looking like that might be what has happened for martin paris but if you do that and he ends up in the bottom half of your rotation by the end of or at like the end of your rotation in that fifth year of the deal then 
he's still having that guy and if he's performing anywhere near what you'd expect to be about an average like three to five in a rotation he's looking more like a one or a two right now but let's look at what this rotation would look like next year and why it's so important the rangers who need to be contending next year have him locked up if it if the rotation continues like it is right now there's no trades brought in for guys there's no um other free agents that are signed besides Martin Perez. Here's how I think the rotation would look like next year. Perez at, at the one spot, John Gray in the two slot. Dane Dunning, I think, will still hold down that three slot. Right now, it's looking like Glenn Otto at the four spot. And maybe there's there's a bunch of different guys who could go in the four or five. Then I think if I'm being optimistic, then Cole Wynn comes in and the five spot ends up pushing past Glenn Otto into that four spot somewhere in the middle of that season. But again, that, those are some big question marks in the four and five holes that I don't know how the Rangers are going to solve those. Maybe it's Spencer Howard. Maybe it's Taylor Hearn figures it out when they send him down to AAA and he can really, really kind of iron some things out. Or maybe it's Cole Reagans that comes up by the end of the season, by the end of this season even, or it takes a slot next year um, and ends up bumping Glenado or Cole Wynn out of that rotation. I don't know. We could have two Coles in that rotation next year. That would be kind of cool and kind of fun for both those guys to have figured it out at AAA to the point where the Rangers feel comfortable calling them up and they can have some success at the big league level. But those number one starters, they have a whole, whole, whole lot of value or just those veteran guys in the middle of rotation. We've seen what it's like when you have big holes in rotation. If you have one, that's pretty bad. And having to go with a bullpen game every fourth day or every fifth day, I should say, fifth game, whatever, um, that can completely deplete your bullpen. But if you have a, a fourth starter that you can't count on to get you four to five to six innings every time, like Glenado has shown at points he can do that. He's done a better job of it this year and has impressed me. He's done better than I thought he would. But again, he is susceptible to those blow-up starts like we saw on Sunday when he only went two innings and the Rangers down 6 nothing. Basically, we're out of it before they even had a chance to do much of anything. But having five solid guys in your rotation, and really, you need, when you're contending, you need six or seven guys that are capable of being at least a big league number five, because we have seen time and time again, pitchers are finicky, fickle creatures. They have, humans are not meant to throw, they were not built to throw baseballs 95 miles an hour a hundred times um, every five days. That's just not how they were built. So injuries happen a whole lot. You need that depth in the rotation. And having those guys at the top of your rotation right now, having Martin Perez and John Gray at the top right now gives you that kind of, you know, leeway, that uh, consistency, that safeguard that every contending team needs. And like I said, the Rangers have these big contracts. They have these two guys in the middle of their infield that are supposed to be stars, and granted, they're not doing super well right now, but I think they'll figure it out next year. It's just kind of a one-year deal. But either way, this team needs to be contending next year, and you cannot afford to wait and see on these prospects. Think, oh, well, we assume that this guy, we assume that this pitching prospect. No, you cannot wait and assume anything on pitching prospects, even the generational talent pitching prospects, like, like guys like Strasburg, Guys like uh, Lucas Giolito, who was like the best high school pitcher out of um, pitcher out of high school, like in forever. He had like an I saw grades of an 80 on his fastball and his curveball, and like a 70 on his changeup. And he had uh, a Tommy John surgery and a couple other things fall off cliff. And he ended up getting traded to the White Sox. And it wasn't until he was like 28 or 30 that he started finding anywhere close to what people thought his form would be. 
But these guys, there's no such thing as a pitching prospect. Even Jack Leiter, as much as I love him, as much excitement and fun as he's brought, and he, he's done nothing wrong. Well, I mean, he has made some mistakes, but like he's, he hasn't had a bad season at all. He's had a pretty good season. But even guys like that who are like, can't miss surefire things, sometimes surefire things miss, especially in pitching prospects. Like I said, they're finicky creatures, and sometimes injuries happen, and sometimes pitchers aren't the same. So having a guy like Martin Perez, you already have John Gray lined up for the next, what, uh, two seasons after this. Having those two guys side by side at the top of this rotation um, is a great thing to have. And, you know, if Jack Leiter comes up and if Owen White come up and they're both, you know, potential, like, all-star guys, potential Cy Young guys, and they live up to, like, the 90th percentile of their projection and push those guys back down further in the rotation, that's great. That's a great problem to have. Then you've got those veteran guys who have been there, who have been in postseason races and chases. Well, I think John Gray has. I'm not sure. But I know Martin Perez has. I don't know how much he actually actively participated in them. But he was there when the Rangers were going through those. And he was with Boston when they were, um, you know, competing. At least trying to. You know. But anyway, these are guys who, if you have that problem, that is a great problem to have. The Rangers rotation is by no means set in stone. But... When you have a guy who loves it there, who is thriving and wants nothing more than to feel comfortable at home in your place, you do not trade him. We have seen what the Rangers have gotten for these guys of his like of this nature that they have traded away um, and it hasn't usually been great. Now, granted, the Mike Miner deal, I don't know how that one is looking like it might end up being the best bet of them. Granted, Dane Dunning's been pretty fine, solid, um, getting like five-ish years of a solid four to five starter at the major league level for, I guess it was one year remaining of Lance Lynn. That ends up being maybe a solid trade. But for Kyle Gibson, it's looking like a real question mark of a trade there. Um, and Dustin Harris is looking like a great steal for the Mike Miner trade. Um, but still, usually you are not getting um, comparable value on those guys. And if he wants to stay there, which... By all indications, Martin Perez 300% does. You have got to do everything you can to keep him around. Coming up, I'm going to take a quick break. We're going to look at a change, a slight change in the Rangers' batting order that made a big difference and one that they kept for a second day, and I think they should keep for a long, long time. The first this episode is brought to you by Blue Nile. Whether you're ready to pop the question or you're celebrating a milestone moment, find jewelry as unique as her with the modern convenience of online shopping at BlueNile.com. Blue Nile has simple online tools that help you choose the diamond shape size and clarity as well as setting style blue niles bench jewelers will then handcraft her perfect engagement ring each ring is one of a kind looking for jewelry but having trouble finding uh what you want blue nile has jewelry experts on hand 24 7 available via phone or chat to help you find a memorable gift at every single budget make your moment sparkle with jewelry from blue nile.com and locked on rangers listeners get 50 dollars off purchases of 500 dollars or more this podcast exclusive includes engagement Use code locked on. That's code locked on. Plus, every order is insured, ships free, and arrives in discreet packaging that won't give away what's inside. Shop stress free and find your favorite piece. Go to bluenile.com today. This episode is also brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever increasing number of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why do endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry? 
You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. They're a family business serving do-it-yourselves for over 20 years, and their prices are reliably low for every single customer. They've got every single thing you could need, so go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your auto part needs. Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their How Do You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. Now, let's look at one key change in the Rangers' starting lineup that made a big difference in the 8-3 win over the Royals last night. For the first time since they had both joined the Rangers, Corey Seager hit in front of Marcus Simeon, and it did wonders. Now, I don't know why they didn't try this a little bit sooner. Both these guys have been a little bit of... Oh, excuse me. Simeon started the season in a horrible, horrible funk, has been in a much, much better way in the month of June. Corey Seager has been the opposite. He started off pretty okay. He's been hitting home runs throughout, but everything else has not quite been falling to his liking. Actually, after this game, is funny. They're both hitting exactly 231. Kind of fun stuff. Um, but anyway, this is a multi-hit game for both of them. Marcus Simeon had three hits, including a home run, a of the three-run variety, a double that would have been a home run in 25 of the 30 ballparks, and a very, very hard-hit single, as well as a sack fly. Corey Seager also had a multi-hit game. He had his 10th double of the season and a single as well. Simeon's double was his 12th of the season. His homework was his 8th of the season. He is tied for the Rangers' lead with seven home runs in the month of June, along with the great hitting Dulce Garcia and Nathaniel Lowe. And that's another thing that I want to change in this lineup. I know I've said it again, I've said it a hundred times, Cole Calhoun is struggling right now, and he is not one of the hottest Rangers hitters. Why does he keep hitting so high up in the lineup? The Rangers did not sign him to be their number four hitter. They did not sign him to be you know, their number five hitter and hit right alongside with Corey Seager Marcus Simeon. He is a solid, you know, middle, back in, like seven, six, seven, eight hole hitter. And right now, why he was hitting head of Adolfo Garcia, who has been as hot as anybody for like a 30-game stretch. You look at his last seven, he's got two home runs and a slugging percentage of 650. Look at his last 30 games, he's got a, a 314 batting average, nine home runs, and slugging 595. The guy has been on fire for solid 30 games. Same with Nathaniel Lowe. Nathaniel Lowe, who I lambasted improperly early on in the season for going back to his old ways, which he is not, he has that very, very loud uh, raw power, and he has been able to work walks again. He has gotten that back. He has been mashing the ball very hard for the last, you know, 30 days. And I was like, all right, that's great. Just work at a few more walks. And now he has done that. Look at his last seven games. He has got um, one home run, four walks, and six strikeouts on base of 440, slugging 524. Look over the last 30 games. He's got seven home runs, slugging 584 on base of 367. That is great. That is the offensive first first baseman that you traded those young lotto tickets that I didn't like at the time, which you know what? I was absolutely wrong. This was a great trade. You're getting a lot of value out of Nathaniel Lowe. I don't know what's going on with those lottery ticket guys, but us two of them end up being all-stars, which I don't think is necessarily going to happen. Maybe they do. I don't know, but this is still a pretty darn good win of a trade for the Rangers, but it doesn't give you nearly as much, like, it doesn't provide you near as much value if he's hitting lower on, lower on in the batting order. You can't string some of these hits together. Please stop batting Nathaniel Lowe behind Cole Calhoun. Stop batting him, you know, 7, 8, 9. He is one of your best hitters right now. Put him in the middle of your lineup. You signed him. You traded for him to be this big offensive force. Now he is performing like it. 
please, please, please take advantage of it. Same with Adolfo Garcia, which usually they've been hitting him. You know, if they've got Josh Smith leading off, which I like, I like that he's working the most. Um, he he's an ideal leadoff type hitter because he's got such a great on base. He's such a feisty, difficult at bat, and he is seeing the most. Uh, pitches per plate appearance of anybody on the Rangers. That's what you want from your leadoff guy, a guy with some speed and who has got a little bit of pop. We've not seen his first big league home run yet. I'm expecting we do sometime pretty soon, especially if he keeps hitting leadoff because he is going to get the most opportunities. But I like that. I like Seager being in your number two hole hitter because analytics say that your number two hole hitter should be statistically is your most important it should be your very best bat we were seeing Juan Soto hit there we are seeing Mike Trout hit there um Aaron Judge is hitting there too so I think Corey Seager at his ceiling is a little bit better overall offensively than Simeon even though Simeon did just have an absolutely amazing year last year I think Seager's done a little bit more consistently and again it's not like you're hitting Simeon like seventh or eighth or anything he's still hitting third this is still a very very important part of your lineup but if this combination is working I say you write it. Maybe it's just some little thing that is tweaked and coincided with, I don't know, just swiping a little switch in these guys' heads. I like it. It works. Having Josh Smith there as a leadoff guy, not making either of those guys be leadoff guys who haven't traditionally been leadoff that much, even though I think both of them would be great. If they're not comfortable with it and they don't have a lot of experience with it, then uh, maybe that's not the best move. But I like this lineup, one through four, of Josh Smith, Corey Seager, Marcus Simeon, and then Adolis Garcia. Put Cole Calhoun in the 6-7 spot. Bring Nathaniel Lowe up. If Haim is still, you know, kind of on his big hit-or-miss energy like he has been lately, then having him in that 7-8 spot isn't the worst thing in the world. But I do like this little switch. They did stick with it for this day game that's happening as I'm recording. But I like this switch. I think they should stick with it. And I have been very, very encouraged by what I've seen from those two guys in the very, very short stint that they have been doing this little switch Rooney. Also, going back to the point with Martin Perez, just wanted to say again, Dane Dunning is on uh, going the rotation, not Martin Perez specifically, but Dane Dunning right now. I'm hoping that he can end this streak as I'm recording this. Um, maybe like three people listen to it by the time it's over. But if Dane Dunning can at least be reliable on the road, which is something his biggest problem he needs to fix, that spot, if he cannot do that, then that spot even is open in the rotation, which makes Martin Perez coming back um, even more important with the question marks coming up from the farm system. Not that they're bad, but they are question marks because they are prospects, and that's just how these things go. Well, I think my voice is just about to give out for the day, but thank y'all so much for listening. Um, please hit that subscribe button on YouTube. I'm going to be really, really annoying about it until we hit that 1,000 mark because it means my checks will get much bigger. So if you like me, you want to do a nice thing, just hit that little subscribe button. It really, really does help me out. I appreciate every single one of y'all for listening. Thank y'all so much for it. And until next time, don't forget to enjoy baseball. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.